in the spiritual history of humanity, there were moments called dispensations in which God would make conditional promises to give certain people access to him. During the dispensation of God's promise to Abraham, only the Hebrews had access to God. They weren't Jews yet. Then during the dispensation of law, the Mosaic law, only the Jews had access to God. So what this means then is that during these dispensations, the majority of humanity was completely out of fellowship with God. And today in this dispensation, the dispensation of grace, which is available now to everyone, everyone has access to God now. Such is still the case. The provision God himself made, they reject the provision God himself made through the death, burial and resurrection of Christ Jesus. A provision is that which is provided to satisfy a need. A provision is that which is provided to satisfy a need. Well, what does humanity need? We need God. And by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus and the blood of Christ, all now have been given away and access to God. Now, there was a time in human history when the world was divided into two major groups. Those who had a way to God, the Jews, and those who didn't have a way to God, the Gentiles. The Jews had a way to God because God fulfilled his promise to Abraham by sending Moses. But now the Gentiles also have a way to God because he fulfilled his promise by sending Christ Jesus. Therefore, today, both Jew and Gentile have a way to God because he fulfilled his promise to Abraham by sending Christ Jesus, who is also the seed of Abraham. Making sense to you? So through Christ Jesus, God did fulfill the law of Moses. Through Christ Jesus, God fulfilled and is still fulfilling his promise to both Jew and Gentile. And it is because of the work of the cross that both Jew and Gentile are now joined together in one body. Turn to Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, 11, Ephesians 2, 11. Ephesians 2.11 Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands that at that time ye were without Christ. Did you see that? At that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Oh, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh, how? By the blood of Christ. Is that what it says? For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He's talking about between Jew and Gentile. 
Thus having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make in himself of twain, twain means two, to make in, in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Thank you for your word, Lord. So we were Gentiles. We're not Gentiles anymore. We were Gentiles. We were alienated now from the commonwealth of Israel. We had no covenant like the one God had with Israel to atone for sin. We were strangers to the covenant of promise. We were without God. We were without hope. And we were without the God of hope. Because without God, there is no hope. And so we must clearly understand that there was a time when there was absolutely no salvation for us. There was a time when there was no salvation for us. We were far from God and far from hope. And think about it. Think about it. Right now, were it not for the blood of Christ, you and I would die and our souls would spend eternity in darkness and torment were it not for the precious blood of Christ. Now there's something we need to understand that it seems like the majority of these so-called Christians cannot comprehend. It's crucial we understand that the blood of Christ Paul just referred to and the blood of Jesus Christ that we will see Peter refer to is the blood of the Holy Ghost. They don't seem to understand that. That the blood that came out of that body on the cross was the blood of the Holy Ghost. How do we know? Acts 20, 28. You know I never say anything I can't prove. Acts 20, 28. Paul says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he the Holy Ghost hath purchased with his own blood. Is that what it says? So that means the Holy Ghost purchased the church of God with his own blood. That means that on the cross, as Jesus, the body of Jesus hung on the cross, the blood that drained out of that body was the blood of the Holy Ghost. And he is not the third person of the Trinity. We must clearly understand that the blood that drained from the body of Jesus was the blood of the Holy Ghost. So if we have been made nigh by the blood of Christ, isn't that what it says? We've been made nigh by the blood of Christ. Then the Holy Ghost is whom? Christ. So when you say Christ Jesus, you're covering both the body and the blood. And it is by his blood that we have peace with him. By his blood, we are the circumcision now made without hands. By his blood, we have an everlasting covenant with him. By his blood, every human soul now has a way to God. And by his blood now, there is no longer Jew or Gentile. Every human being that accepts the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus as the atonement for sin is in covenant now with God. Every human soul that accepts the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus is among the chosen of God. For it is by the blood of the Holy Ghost that all are reconciled to God. 
Both Jew and Gentile now are one new man. Jew and Gentile now form the church he purchased with his own blood. They form, both form one body, his body, the body of Christ. And if the Christ is the Holy Ghost, then the body of Christ is the body of the Holy Ghost. We are the called. We're the chosen. We are the elect. First Peter one. First Peter one. We are the elect. First Peter one one. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Elect, according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of whom? The blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now, Peter is writing to the saints. Former Jews and former Gentiles, whom he calls the elect. Those who have been sanctified, made clean by obedience to the will of God. How are you made clean by obedience to the will of God? Acts 2.38. That's the will of God. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you. So those who have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost are the ones who have been made clean by obedience to the will of God. In Titus, Paul calls former Jews and Gentiles, he calls them God's elect. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Now, for Peter to recognize converted Gentiles as God's elect is significant because he was prejudiced to Gentiles. He, he firmly believed they were unclean. He wouldn't, sit at his, wouldn't even sit at the same table with a Gentile. So here now, the elect, which Peter refers to, is the ekletos. The ekletos, E-K-L-E-K-T-O-S, E-K-L-E-K-T-O-S, the ekletos, those who have been elected by the Lord. The ekletos, those who have been elected by the Lord. Those who form the ecclesia, E-K-L. E-S-I-A, Ecclesia, the Ecclesia, E-K-L-E-S-I-A. And you know what the Ecclesia is? The Church of the Holy Ghost. We are the Church of the Holy Ghost. We're not Baptists, we're not Methodists, we're not any of that nonsense. We are the Church of the Holy Ghost. We are the original church. We are the only church. Well, that sounds mighty biased and mighty uh, selective, Pastor. It's the truth. It's the truth. We are Christians because we have the Christ. And the Christ is the Holy Ghost. So you can't call yourself a Christian unless you have the Christ. And you can't have the Christ unless you have the Holy Ghost because he is the Christ. So I don't know what them people that don't have the Holy Ghost call themselves, but they can't really rightfully call themselves Christian because they are not. They are not followers of Christ. Hmm. Mighty bold there, Pastor Swansea. Absolutely. 
And so the ecclesia is the church of, of the, is the church of the Holy Ghost. It's the church the Holy, Holy Ghost purchased with his own blood. And Peter includes the Gentiles as the elect because although the, the disciples of Jesus were Jewish, after they received the power of the Holy Ghost, they became Christians. Why? Because they now had the Christ yes, yes. and assembled themselves with the church. So now you had former Jews and former Gentiles together as Christians because they were now possessors of the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. So what this means is that in the early days of Christianity, former Jews and former Gentiles together formed the Ecclesia. They were God's elect. Thus we clearly see that the blood of the Holy Ghost did make of twain one new man. And that in his body there is no longer a distinction between Jew or Gentile. Colossians 3.11. Colossians 3.11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free. But Christ is all and in all. The Holy Ghost is in all of those converted Jews and all of those converted Gentiles and they are now in Christ and he is in them. Hmm. Therefore today, today, For Jews and Gentiles, the only way to salvation is Christ Jesus, the blood of God and the body of God. Romans 10.1, Romans 10.1. Brethren, my heart's desire, Romans 10.1, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He was praying that the Jews would receive Christ and be saved. For I bear record them, for I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, not according to Acts 2.38. For being, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness are going about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Here it comes. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. You can't be righteous without Christ. And you can't have the whole, be righteous and have, the whole, uh, and have Christ without the Holy Ghost. He is our righteousness. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man cometh to the Father except by me. That's a mouthful. You know why? Because you can't come to the Father by me, Jesus said, because I am the Father. So you can't get to the Father except you come by me. The Holy Ghost has a name. His name is Jesus. And he meant exactly that. He's the only way to God. So what this means is that no matter who you are, in order to be God's elect, you must believe in the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You must be born of the water and born of the spirit. You must repent. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. You must receive the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues as he gives the utterance. And if you haven't done that, you do not have the righteousness of God and you are not in fellowship with him. And every soul, because this is the dispensation of grace when it's available to everyone. 
Every soul that follows this plan is in Christ. And it doesn't matter whether you're Japanese or Chinese. Doesn't matter whether you're Spanish or Italian. Doesn't matter whether you're American or British. It doesn't matter whether you're African or Australian. It doesn't matter if you're Israeli or Arabian. If you've done all of these things, then you are in Christ Jesus. You have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost and you are God's elect. We must understand that by the power of the Holy Ghost, we are all one body and one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And it was never God's intention for humanity to be divided into nationalities. The division was caused by sin. In the epistle to Titus, go there, Titus 1, Titus 1, 1. Paul writes, Paul, a servant of God, and like Peter, he's an apostle of Jesus Christ. How? According to what? The faith of God's elect. And the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, promised before the world began, but hath in due time manifested his word, how? Through preaching. What is that telling you? That men who stand, men and women who stand in the pulpit and call themselves preachers should not be preaching anything but the gospel. Preaching the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Preaching that you must be saved. Preaching that you got to have everlasting life. To be in fellowship with God, you got to be born of the water and born of the spirit. But instead, they're preaching dollars and cents. They're preaching money. They're, they're giving those, those, well, those, those, uh, 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 what, what do they call those men? That, not, not prosperity, they, uh, motivational. Yeah, they give motivational speech. Speech. If you got the Holy Ghost, you got all the motivation that you need. Hmm. Hmm. But in due time manifested his word through preaching. That's why Paul said, I know nothing more than Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's all you're going to hear from me is the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins to pay the debt to, for that we could not pay. Which is committed, he said unto me, according to the commandment of God, our Savior. Well, wait a minute. Jesus is the Savior, right? But he just said God is our Savior, right? So if Jesus is the Savior and he said God is the Savior, then what? That means God is Jesus and Jesus is God. God intended for every one of Adam's descendants to live eternally. God purposed in himself before the world began that all humans would be his elect. However, once sin entered the world, there was a division and separation. And that's what sin does. Sin separates. Sin separated man from God. Sin separated body and soul with death. Sin separated man from woman. Sin separated man from man. 
And this is why the blood of the Holy Ghost is so powerful, why his blood is so wonderful, why his blood is so marvelous, why his blood is so excellent, because by his blood, he reversed the curse of sin and brought humanity back into fellowship with God by his blood. The blood of the Holy Ghost is the means by which his eternal purpose shall be fulfilled. The blood of the Holy Ghost is the only way. Listen, the blood of the Holy Ghost is the only way both Jew and Gentile can be God's elect. And we ought to thank God for his mercy. We ought to thank God for his mercy on us in our wretched condition. We ought to thank him for his blood that he shed from the body of Jesus. For without him and without his blood, every soul would be lost. We must understand that without the mercy of God through Christ, no flesh would be saved. Nobody would be saved. Now, let me dispel a myth and I'm going to do it very well. Many believe that grace is unmerited favor. Grace is not unmerited favor. What is mercy? Mercy is unmerited favor. Mercy is compassion and kindly forbearance shown toward an offender, an enemy, or other person in one's power. It's compassion and kindly forbearance shown toward someone who offends or an enemy or someone in one's power. God had mercy on Paul. He was an enemy and an offender of God's people. And by his own admission, go to 1 Timothy 1.13. 1 Timothy 1.13. By his own admission, he refers to himself as a blasphemer, as a persecutor, and and injurious. A black persecutor and injurious. He did injury, injury to the people of God. Are you there yet? First Timothy 1.13. He says what? But I obtained grace. Well, wait a minute. I thought you said grace is uh, unmerited favor. Paul says, says, I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was injurious to the people of God. I was an offender and an enemy. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. I received something that I didn't deserve. God bestowed his unmerited favor on me. Does that make sense to you? And then after he was converted, he received grace. He received the influential saving power of the Holy Ghost. So like Paul, we were offenders And enemies of God. We did not merit mercy. Ephesians 2.4. Ephesians 2.4. But God. Who is rich. In mercy. Is that what it says? Ephesians 2.4. But God who is rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. He loved us with love. 
even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Notice it was because of God's great love for us that we received mercy. First we got the mercy, then we get the grace. We got his mercy, his unmerited favor. We were dead in trespasses and sins. We were offenders and enemies of the cross. And by definition, we did not deserve his favor. But we got his unmerited favor because we got his mercy because his mercy is his unmerited favor. Because his love is great and his mercy is rich, we received his unmerited favor. Then, by the washing and regeneration of the grace of God, the influential saving power of the blood of Christ, we are saved. So we thank the Lord for mercy. Because sin said we must die. But mercy elders said live. Sin said we must be eternally cut off from God. But mercy said, be ye reconciled to God. Sin said we were a people without hope. But mercy said we shall be the people of God. First Peter 2, first Peter 2. He says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation a peculiar people that should show forth praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. Is that what it says? Which had not obtained grace, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So by the blood of Christ and his mercy, we are a chosen generation. By the blood of Christ and his mercy, we are a royal priesthood. By the blood of Christ and his mercy, we are a holy nation. By the blood of Christ and his mercy, we are a peculiar people. Once we were in darkness, but the blood of Christ and his mercy brought us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once we were not a people, but by the blood of Christ and his mercy, we are now the people of God. Once we were aliens to the commonwealth of Israel, but by the blood of Christ and his mercy, we are now the true Israel of God. Romans 15, 8. Romans 15, 8. Romans 15, 8. Paul says, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers and that the Gentiles might glorify God for what? For his mercy. As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles And sing unto thy name. And again he saith. Rejoice ye Gentiles. With his people. And again. Praise the Lord. That's why we say praise the Lord all the time. Praise the Lord all ye Gentiles. And laud him all ye people. So we. Who have obtained mercy. We glorify God. 
We recognize the dignity of himself manifested in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus was the dignity of and still is the dignity of God. We, 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 we glorify him. We acknowledge his integrity in the confirmation of his promises. And it's interesting to note that to confirm his promise to have mercy on us. Listen to Sister Cooper. To confirm his, mer- his promise to have mercy on us, God did not have mercy on himself. God did not have mercy on Christ Jesus. God laid on himself the iniquity of us all. With the body of Jesus and the blood of Christ, God atoned for the sins and uh, trespasses of both Jew and Gentile. With the blood of Jesus and the blood of, with the blood, excuse me, with the body of Jesus and the blood of Christ, God confirmed all of his promises. Paul says, laud him, laud him, all ye people, laud him. Well, to laud is to praise. And this is what we do. We praise the Lord for his mercy. We praise the Lord for his compassion. We praise the Lord for his kindly uh, uh, forbearance. We praise the Lord for saving us from the eternal consequences of sin. We praise the Lord for his body that was broken for our reconciliation. We praise the Lord for his blood that was shed for our redemption. We praise the Lord. We exalt his holy name and we rejoice with his people. We rejoice with his people. Why? Because we are his people. We are the people called by his name, the precious name, a holy name of Jesus Christ. We are the elect of God. We are God's elect. And there is no other name under heaven that can defeat sin except Christ Jesus. There is no other name under heaven that can conquer death except Christ Jesus. There is no other name under heaven by which souls can be God's elect except Christ Jesus. And being God's elect now. Being God's elect is a very, very special place to be. God's elect have a place of safety. God's elect have a place of refuge. God's elect have shelter from the storm. God's elect have love. God's elect have peace. God's elect have joy. God's elect have hope. God's elect can do all things through Christ Jesus. God's elect are more than conquerors. God's elect are justified and eternally free from condemnation. I like what Paul says in Romans 8.33. I like what he says. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. There's a show this woman calls, calls it a time of intercession. And she just goes on and on and on for about 30 minutes. And I don't know what she calls herself doing. We don't, I don't need anybody interceding for me. Doesn't it say right there? He makes intercession for us. The Holy Ghost makes intercession for us. It also says according to the will of God. So I don't need somebody interceding for me. I got the interceder. 
He knows what I need before I even ask him. He's, as a matter of fact, he's always interceding for me. So who can charge us with the debt of sin? No one. The debt has been paid by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His blood paid our debt in full. We don't owe a thing to sin. We are justified by his blood. We are sanctified by his blood. We are kept by his blood. And he makes intercession for us 28-8. If there were 28 days, uh, 28 hours, it was 28 hours in one day, he'd still be making intercession. If there were eight days in a week, he'd still be making intercession. And he does it according to his will because he knows what we need. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice of your body. Thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice of your body. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Christ, for the shedding of your blood. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for the shedding of your blood. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for the shedding of your blood. You're our ever-present help in time of need. We can call on you and you will answer. You promise to be with us in trouble. Why? Because we know your name. We trust you with our souls. We can depend on you. We can rely on you. We know for certain that you will never, ever, ever, never, ever, never, ever, never, ever leave us Or forsake us. And we know that there is no good thing that you will withhold from us. We belong to you. We belong to you. You purchased us with your own blood. With his own blood. That's another thing that gets me. I got to plead the blood. You ain't got to plead no blood. You've been washed in the blood. The Holy Ghost is the blood. He's covered you. Your blood blood covers your soul already. Got to plead the blood. That's nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. Why do I need to plead what I already have? The only reason you need to plead it is because you don't have it. Therefore, after having said all of the foregoing, we who have been born of the water and born of the spirit understand, we know and we understand exactly who we are. We are God's elect. Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the plan of salvation. And we thank you for your precious blood. And your blood will never lose its power. We are covered by your blood at this very moment. Thank you for your blood. Jesus, thank you for your body and Holy Ghost. Thank you for your blood. We know who you are, Christ. And we know who you are, Jesus. You are Christ Jesus the one Lord, the one God, and our only Savior. 
thank you, Lord, for this word in Jesus' name. Anyone in need of prayer this morning? Anyone in need of prayer? All right. Questions or comments? Questions or comments? 